Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are not going to be talking about games at all. So, really sorry if you were looking forward to more bashing of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, but we are going to be talking about some pop culture related stuff. And uh, that means the Gadgets 360 book club is back. So, we have Akil Kolambowala, who's the product guy at NDTV. But uh, the company really pays him to, you know, slowly get converted to Apple right. from Android. And read books. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have kavalji who's like uh, you know we are, we are all like we are always very uh, appreciative of him yeah. for for he's reasons, a very nice guy yeah <laughs> for reasons we can't remember paying the salary here <laughs> and uh, i'm your host pranay parab so today the book club has reconvened to talk about artemis which is the latest novel by andy weir i'm i hope i'm pronouncing his name right i think you're and right. he's the guy who uh, wrote the martian which is a very famous movie uh, Matt Damon starring uh, f- um, uh, movie which is based on Andy Weir's book so Artemis is his next novel and we thought that we should talk about it since it released just in November we are recording this on November 22nd and this is the 46th episode of transition so first of all i think we should just uh, give a brief background on why uh, the machine became so famous obviously the hollywood movie picked it up right. but uh, my understanding is that he had some really good science bits where uh, like there's a mission to mars where they land on mars and try to set up a, a bit of a like science station sort of a thing and all the sciency bits were really good in that so he was very go- very good at describing how you would probably want to cultivate uh, a crop in in mars and how you would live in a habitation chamber type thing on mars so that is what made martian really exciting for me and i think some of the those things have uh, transferred themselves to artemis as well yeah in very small doses though. yeah so in artemis uh, yeah. if i may just like describe what is happening in the novel uh, artemis is the only city on the moon obviously it's set in the future so they live in some kind of a bubble with like lots of oxygen inside so you can breathe and outside there is nothing no air nothing it's just uh, basically the hazardous lunar atmosphere so in this um, jasmine bashara is the lead character she's really poor and she's trying to make a quick buck by you know uh, going on the perfect crime but you know what could go wrong right yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's this is set in 2070 or 2080 so that's 60 70 years from now correct uh, and some people have described uh, artemis as ocean's 11 on the moon whereas the martian was cast away on mars <laughs> <laughs> so so it's a high story on the moon of how uh, jasmine bashara has to pull off a heist uh, so let's discuss that yeah so uh, <laughs> as is always with like heist uh, stories like somebody plans the perfect crime and then things go wrong right so in this also that's exactly what happens but uh, before we get into the details of what spoiler what, alerts yeah yeah so lots of spoilers here if, if you've you heard our podcast before you know <laughs> yeah so if you haven't read this book i would seriously recommend that you you know uh, probably don't read it yeah, that's the <laughs> review of listening okay to... we can end the podcast right here <laughs> yeah but if you are if you are interested in the book then uh, like you might want to read it or listen to it as an audiobook and come back um, because there's going to be a lot of spoilers we are not going to shy away from them all right so the heist itself is basically uh, initially it starts with this company so which should, is should we start with our reviews out of 10 Mm, I think at the end. Okay. Yeah, I think it makes we, more we sense. We don't want to set up. Our we don't <laughs> want to spoil anything for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, it starts with this uh, whole oxygen theft 
uh, scheme. So there's one company called Sanchez uh, Aluminium. Sanchez Aluminium, yeah, Aluminium, which is basically responsible for producing and supplying oxygen in yeah. Artemis. And there's one guy who thinks that they have a monopoly and this can be exploited. Yeah, the science of of this is that the rocks on moon and and I think most of the science is correct actually. Mm-hmm. So the science is the rocks on the moon actually produce uh, high quality aluminium. and the byproduct of smelting aluminum is it produces oxygen yeah. so there's abundant oxygen uh, and silicon. available to sanchez yeah. aluminum company mm. and they provided to to the whole moon base yeah. and the moon base in return don't charge them for electricity power. or yeah. power yeah. to to do the smelting yeah. Yeah. and it's mentioned multiple times how they have so much oxygen they don't know what to do with it yeah so and what what the story starts with is this rich billionaire on artemis is actually been storing some of this excess oxygen and his plan is to uh, sabotage the actual company and when there's no oxygen left or no oxygen being created by this company he's going to then release the oxygen he has been storing away and that's how he'll win the and contract steal of steal away the company <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it's basically like bitcoin he's been holding bitcoin <laughs> right from the beginning <laughs> buying it from coinbase and then he's set up to ruin coinbase yeah. <laughs> exactly like very contextual <laughs> So he, uh, so this guy Tron, right? Tron, That's the yeah. name of the billionaire. So he comes up with this scheme that let me employ this nobody <laughs> to actually sabotage uh, Sanchez Aluminium and blow up all the reactors which are creating the oxygen. She's not a nobody. She does smuggle cigars for him. So oh my god, from Earth. <laughs> so she is like this qualified <laughs> thief. Yeah. So let's use a thief to and actually do the potential. Biggest. Yeah. Okay. Basically, like potential. somebody who is pickpocketing at the metro station. Yeah, let's them use them to, the to sabotage like some oil company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually how how far fetched the the basic premise is. Yeah, so uh, this character that you mentioned, Jasmine Bashara, who's uh, known as Jazz Bashara. Jazz Bashara. Uh, so I felt that I mean maybe because I listened to the audio book, which is narrated by uh, Rosario Dawson. fantastic narration by the way if you if you you know uh, if you just want to read this book uh, i would recommend just go for the audio book hmm. but i thought that you know uh, this character was like in while you know it's good to see that uh, it's a female lead character who's not from america for a change you know uh, is coming from saudi arabia i felt that this was a bit of a token attempt at like putting a person <laughs> in a different place yeah actually yeah. all these seem token yeah, choosing yeah. a girl over a boy choosing saudi arabia choosing a muslim right. yeah. lead character then, who's also then given the up whole islam space station was, uh, was yeah, built was by kenya su- space corporation which is very surprising yeah. because she also mentions the monopolies that these countries hold yeah. like all the welding is done by arabians Yeah. The life support is managed by Vietnamese. Yeah, mm. but never explained yeah. how never explained in 70 why. years they have become yeah, yeah. big, uh, big corporation. Yeah, and I also found it very like unbelievable that basically the character sounded and like thought like an American and yeah. you yeah, know, was yeah. from Saudi course, Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Even, actually, that may be possible because from I think year, age six she has been on this on the on the moon. So yeah. I don't know what influence she has from Saudi Arabia anymore. Uh, but but. other than american she sounded like a 14 year old boy hmm. so that was more <laughs> yeah. puzzling like you read and and this book is in first person so yeah, she's yeah, narrating yeah. her story and she talks like a 14 year old boy she, 40, jokes are like crazy yeah. and a 14 year old privileged boy yeah, yeah. doesn't sound was... like somebody who's ve- like very yeah. poor anyway yeah. so if you like if an indian were to narrate it for example they wouldn't be complaining so much about living in a coffin and all yeah. that because yeah. i mean you know if you're yeah, from if you, bombay if, you live in a coffin yeah. anyway plus if you consider she did grow up on the moon yeah the coffin premise is a little shaky like yeah. maybe she's always lived like that that's how she describes yeah, and someone who lives like that won't well. complain about that yeah. all through the book exactly yeah. like yeah. that she lives in a small quarter and that's yeah. why like my life is 
but it's just a way to set up the plot she's poor right so it's yeah. constantly hammered into us how yeah, poor exactly, she is exactly but she's poor by american so, standards yeah. i mean by indian standards but she's, she's eating algae you know, yeah so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's a next level of so poor so actually if you read a little bit background of this uh, novel so uh, andy weir has said that his whole background was that after writing the martian he was considering writing another space novel and he considered many options and then moon seemed like the perfect place to build it because the options were have another story on the mars have it on moon or have it on international space station or mm. something but international space station means everything has to be brought to the international space station from earth right whereas on moon actually what they've tried describing is that everything has been built there i right. think most of the things including mm. the space the premises everything where they live is built yeah. from moon so the background is good the way they have described it he actually got the economics right that mm. why will anyone move to the moon right like like if there is if earth is running out of space there is so much space in earth right. like right sahara desert or you you know colonize oceans it will be much easier than going to the moon to colonize mm. uh, then the second could be people are being prosecuted in which case there are many other reasons that if you move to the moon the the prosecutors can come to the moon also yeah. so why would there be a space station on the moon Uh, for tourism mm. so that made sense Correct. like that you know, made sense. there is money people want yeah. to go out of earth live on moon for a few days mm. sounded like a good premise and it's described as a once in a lifetime tourist yeah. opportunity for yeah. most people so the setup yeah. is good the uh, the economics are correct science most of the science is correct from yeah. from what i've read some of it didn't seem true like there was a big if not a chapter a huge 2 3 pages dedicated to why is coffee so bad on the moon yeah. <laughs> because the melting point uh, boiling point of water is 60 degrees celsius yeah, so they just the can't pressure. make good coffee mm. and of all the science they spoke about i don't know why he didn't think of pressure cooker <laughs> yeah which could make good coffee if you boil it in that then you yeah, can increase the pressure but there were no indians in artemis right <laughs> nobody would get a pressure yeah. cooker in the no first americans place. right so yeah. <laughs> first, there was harpreet you're forgetting her yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, so the subplot is Jazz. <laughs> Jazz Bashara changes her name to Harpreet Singh. Yeah, Harpreet uh, Singh from India. Yeah, shout out to Harry underscore Jerry on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> He's our deals expert. I yeah. was just disappointed that you know she didn't mention any deals Deal. after that. <laughs> 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 like a coupon to get to moon for cheap yeah. <laughs> yeah but that was also something very anomalous how easy it was to get a fake identity mm. on artemis which yeah. she also mentions that it's difficult to get someone else's identity but you can make a fake identity just by transferring yeah. money into a new yeah. account and everything is based on this smartphone which in the future is going to be called gizmos gizmo oh my god i hope they're not called that <laughs> yeah and also like uh, some of the science bits while the flaky bits you mentioned but i also like the fact that uh, she describes how like the shower water first 20 liters is free mm. in a hotel after mm. that it's just recycled constantly Correct. right so, and she said don't pee in the shower yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that that was pretty accurately yeah. described but then you know there are other things like what happens if you like do end up doing something like that like how do they purify it yeah. or what well, well there are purifiers from what she says but yeah, yeah you'll know you shower in pee water so yeah <laughs> at least you'll know it if no one else does no so. actually just uh, maybe some of it is true even yeah. today like when when astronauts are in the international space mm. station for 100 days to 100 days they obviously are not creating new water there yeah. so some of it must be recycled it water is being coming recycled from, from yeah. what they have yeah. said so, so this yeah. this science is already there yeah, yeah. yeah i think in 70 years from now this shouldn't be a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least they're getting 20 liters per person yeah so that is shocking <laughs> yeah so yeah the coffee point you mentioned was uh, one one flaky bit and also like uh, everything was a bit too convenient i mean once again this is like a ready player one type thing yeah. right Where but i like the dome construction and mm. how they've built it using yeah. two layers of glass actually andy weir himself says that that he first came up with the whole science of it 
like how will people live on mm. the moon what can be the economics of it all that and then he uh, put a story around it mm. and you can clearly see it in yeah. the book yeah, like yeah, there absolutely. is so much more thought to the science than the actual yeah. story because now let's get into the story the characters are very weak mm. uh, they come them. in when required yeah, yeah. Uh, there are i think 8 or 10 characters yeah. in the book and all of them are so you know like typical of a hollywood film yeah. and fact, the shoe horns like they fit their role very perfectly yeah. like they know what they need to do in the book and they do it yeah like just yeah. just going by without naming names of the characters there's a contract killer yeah. there's a prostitute there's <laughs> there a tech is, wizard yeah <laughs> there is this straight up uh, cop who who can't take uh, shit from anyone else and there he's is a canadian this, cop on yeah. top of everything <laughs> Yeah there is this welder <laughs> el- elderly lady who who started the whole moon corporation who was supposed to be straight but then there are gray yeah, yeah. yeah. to her so let's not like, forget the welder you know one yeah, is good, yeah, good at welding yeah the kind hearted <laughs> welding but strict <laughs> but genius strict welder <laughs> father of jazz bachara yeah. so yeah. yeah and and the lead character who has a lot of potential yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of potential <laughs> So, it's like Donald Trump saying, "Lot of potential, yeah. lot of potential." <laughs> Every everywhere she goes, she yeah. messes up really Everyone badly. Everyone talks about her potential. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but how how talented is she? You know, like really talented. Clearly, like talented enough to like put uh, the lives of maybe two thousand people in danger. Yeah, and how then many people are on on the moon? Two thousand. Two thousand. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand people and eighty of them are with this Sanchez, whatever. Yeah, because yeah. also uh, while building the uh, so they didn't build character for anyone in the book except Jazz for hmm. for for a small. uh you know maybe one page or two pages yeah, the harvester had more character yeah. than most yeah. characters <laughs> or the well, well, <laughs> well you got to know a little about her childhood at least so yeah. now she fucks up her life yeah. so i'd give her at least some value in character see the thing is like like you mentioned earlier kavaljit which is that uh, the science is so detailed and so nicely yeah. done that you know more about how they built that dome on artemis yeah, and how yeah. the city was made than any other people yeah. who are living even there. while they well i'm giving away some of the plot but even while they're drilling a hole in the dome they explain so much about it like mm. why how will they detect hull fractures yeah. how will they know whether it's an outer hull or inner hull mm. and that made how so much she sense can, she yeah. can prevent like a 6 foot guy from killing her because he is on the pressure yeah. side of the dome and <laughs> she is on the other side yeah so it made so much sense to actually read about these and but even yeah. you know like while i mean you know this is not a religion podcast but then uh, they mentioned this how he keeps that uh, like the one wall of of his workshop yeah. face towards mecca at all yeah. times right yeah. to do his daily prayers and apparently it's upside down or yeah. something yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly he put a lot of thought to all this yeah so the actually the best character was in fact like artemis itself right yeah, the city yeah. and it's i would it's agree building. with that definitely so you got us like so much detail and how how it was done and all that yeah. and obviously like if you're a science person you would need some suspension of disbelief yeah, right? yeah. i mean this is how a novel should be right like yeah. some of the things which are daily practical things should be realistic yeah and then you have this suspension of disbelief on like you're living on the moon so yeah. you can't yeah. joke about those things those are actually how those novels yeah. are created but simple things about how people live daily and all that that you can't fake then. correct mm, yeah correct. and also like uh, the way they described earth people uh, there was a very smart point there which was that uh like how she tracked down that jinchu uh, jinchu yeah yeah jinchu so uh, she said that you know this guy like would go back to he his has a lot of bitcoins so yeah. <laughs> when he goes back to earth he will be up to something so yeah. keep and, a track about his company and he like she actually traced him by his food by right. his food where yeah. would he eat yeah. yeah oh no there was this subplot of this uh, keypad and password had to oh, be that guessed that happened later she <laughs> no. had to first find him right 
Yeah, no, I'm just saying like how convenient it was because yeah. that guy was interested in Star Trek. Yeah. So what will be the keypad number? Akil, what's the number of the Star Trek Enterprise? Which is the registration <laughs> number for the Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. But she only finds three, three digits, right? With yeah. the compact powder and then she has to guess. <laughs> it's one, seven and yeah. zero, right? So I mean, that's social engineering at its best. Right? And like, even that no better was example. Uh, so flaky. So I mean, you put, some, uh, <laughs> you put some makeup powder or whatever on that uh, safety deposit yeah. thing. And she describes the whole thing so very well, right? She she says that uh, okay, so after, between every occupation, the hotel guys are all obviously dusting the mm, key, key yeah. lock, everything, right? <laughs> Which then, she mentions, right? Like yeah, they would so, normally clean it. Yeah. So. yeah, and this is you know only this guy has punch, has punched this, so he used these three numbers, yeah. which gives you like five hundred plus combinations. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but it can be that Star Trek because and he likes Star Trek. Conveniently, she has that makeup kit because she's Which a prostitute. Which is surprising right? because yeah. <laughs> she's gone and dressed up as like uh, you know like a prostitute, and she's carried compact powder. Yeah, yeah. So of course, a prostitute. She just planned for it, powder. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, I, and I would assume that I mean if you go to a place like the moon 70 years or 60 years in the future they would have a better system of logging or, or unlocking than yeah, a than stupid a passcode <laughs> keypad where and is the gizmo but every, but every hotel one. has one right like you've been to a hotel where there's a safe like that can so. I say even now these uh, passcodes are going away those RFID <laughs> cards can let you okay. in the door you don't need to yeah. punch in a number yeah yeah and there are so many other ways of authentication right we couldn't like why didn't we see a mission impossible type like retinal no. scan and that's, yeah. you know, that's face, ID, face, face ID face ID touch ID <laughs> That's you know, too advanced. Put ID. <laughs> <laughs> too advanced for Artemis. Yeah. So there were a lot of flaky points uh, like this in the so plot. So let's, let's go well, over the story. Well, to that point, mm-hmm. to that authentication point, none of the gizmos had any kind of authentication that's mentioned, right? Mm. She just steals someone's gizmo and uses it like it was her own. Yeah. And there's so no one to stop her. There was too much link to the gizmos. Like you yeah. can wave it at the terminal and yeah. it will deduct balance from yours. But what if you have somebody else's gizmo? Yeah, because there was no authentication mentioned at all. Yeah. So maybe there's something hidden there, but we don't know. Highly unlikely. If yeah. she just randomly picked up somebody. Yeah, she just picked gizmo. it up. She opened doors that she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So, yeah, and also like if if there is like, you know like there is too much reliance on people for a mm. town with like two thousand people only. Yeah. Like there was a security guard at the hotel who was looking at people and letting them in and letting them. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. He was I the would, bouncer of the hotel. Yeah, I would assume that if you're actually creating a city on the moon, there would be better authentication measures yeah. than that. Yeah. So, uh, that was again uh, unbelievable. And also like the whole tone of the narrator was a bit. Yeah, mm. cocky and smart and... Which again brings you back to the 14-year-old teenage boy yeah. logic. Right? Yeah, like so. there are some dialogues where there's a bartender who wants her to try uh, a new whiskey he has invented on, on the planet. And, and what he says, to, uh, when when she has that drink, she says to him, uh, Billy has swallowed better tasting stuff that came out of people. <laughs> Like you. really now, <laughs> you just you. That's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is. Some of the, the those dialogues were like cringeworthy. I hope if a movie gets made, they, they yeah, at least yeah, yeah. cross yeah. this out. Ridley Scott will looking at you to improve <laughs> the story of this. There, there's another dialogue that um, I think the father, no, not the father. Some friend of hers is asking what's in her uh, bookshelf or somewhere, and he says. What's in there anyway? Uh, porn mostly starring your mom. Wow. <laughs> it's some jilted 14-year-old teenager <laughs> from America. You read on Reddit, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then they and then and then they make fun of, like, she says that I'm going to wear a niqab. Uh, mm. And then she, like, yeah. it's, like, looking down on people that they wouldn't know niqab. So, so the narration says, okay, you can stop pretending you know what a niqab is. It's a traditional Islamic headwear that covers the lower face. Yeah, that was... Un- yeah, like really have to describe all that. <laughs> and then she goes on to say that, yeah, who would commit crimes while wearing a niqab? Yeah. yeah. 
like yeah, touchy, also, like, very touchy point. Like uh, she always thinks that she is a step ahead of the law and surveillance and all that. But even yeah. with the primitive stuff in Artemis, she gets caught easily, yeah. right? So that brings me to Rudy, who's the yeah. cop, smartest person easily on Artemis. Yeah, yeah, yeah very. But you know, once part. again, because Rudy is not the protagonist, he's completely sidelined. Yeah, but Rudy is like you know one of those. Um, species in a star trek episode that mm. never reach their competence level yeah. because the plot doesn't demand it <laughs> yeah. you know? no actually so, andy weir said if this novel does well he's going to write more stories on artemis uh, so all these characters i guess have been in- inserted maybe for, one of the books should two. be about rudy yeah. rather than jazz so. yeah so he spent so much time researching the world yeah. right yeah. now the world is established so the rest of the work <laughs> yeah. can be done around it and there are more people coming so hey yeah. so not? unless this movie is uh, this novel is picked up for a hollywood film uh, unlikely there should be a part <laughs> you no, can clearly see my rating which is going to come up sure. soon hmm. he doesn't care he'll write it no no he is going to get money from the publisher ah, okay <laughs> the publisher has to see how much money can they make yeah so i think there is potential in this to become a movie uh, easily but actually then, someone has acquired the rights already fox yeah. i think has so what they need to do oh, is already? yeah they wow. need to basically like use all the elements of the world and build another story out of it yeah. and not not continue with this and also yeah please please don't use this character like this protagonist <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah, bring in Kelvin from Earth. Oh, yeah. Kelvin. Okay, so let's do the story. So the story is she is a lowly porter who wants to qualify to do spacewalks because apparently you can make more money as a tourist guide, yeah. uh, helping tourists spacewalk around uh, Neil Armstrong's footprints. Mm. <laughs> so, but she fails because her equipment is cheap and it tears, and then she's not uh, ready to yeah. to become a. So she is actually trying to m- make her way in this world. So she's a smuggler. She. helps getting uh, cigars from earth and all that into the planet and then uh, into the into the artemis and then sell it to the rich people there so one of the rich guys tron who's a billionaire then contracts her to actually sabotage uh, sanchez aluminum harvesters uh, so yeah. that all oxygen is production stops and then he becomes the contract guy uh, to supply oxygen to the planet and this whole story is around that how jasmine will now uh, sabotage sanchez and then uh, Tron gets uh, the contract, and she's offered one million slugs. slugs yeah, so she's offered it. one million. She yeah. she makes twenty thousand slugs a month. Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand slugs a month, and yeah, this yeah. is like once in As a lifetime porter, opportunity yeah, to make a million slugs. And she so. also has that number, yeah, very specific 416, number. Yeah, four hundred and sixteen thousand, maybe nine hundred something, thirty-two yeah. cred slugs that she needs. Yeah, which you can tell to from pay the, back her father. Yeah, yeah, which you can tell halfway through the book why she needs that money, but mm. she never tells anyone why yeah. she needs that money. So, so, so then the plot starts that she tries sabotaging. So, the, so the easy one is to actually sabotage the harvesters which pick up these rocks. Yeah. And if there are no harvesters, then there is no oxygen being made for at least a month till the harvesters are fixed. And uh, in that one month, the contract may move. Hmm. So she tries destroying the harvesters. She can't. She gets caught. uh and then the whole sanchez brazilian mafia is after her to kill her because why was she Just trying to one hitman on yeah. the moon so one this hitman. brazilian mafia sends a hitman to moon to kill her and he starts by actually killing off tron yeah. uh who's the billionaire who who has contracted her bodyguard mm. russian uh, yeah. maid irina was she called irina <laughs> i forgot the name yeah so both But of them are scaled the and then right? uh, yeah. these characters are yeah, so fleeting they're very transitionary yeah, like, yeah you see them in three chapters yeah just name them x y and z yeah, or something yeah. like that and you're done and then she is uh, so she decides now that my billionaire contractor has died uh, and there's no chance of getting that million slug she was promised i'll still continue because she's a good girl yeah and her heart is made of gold <laughs> so she's still going to complete the mission of destroying a legitimate corporation now yeah <laughs> for whatever joy but that's after she's told why she has to destroy it you know 
in no oh. uncertain terms by the administrators <laughs> <laughs> who herself turns out to be gray and, and has, has reasons gun, apparently yeah, so. on moon yeah. so she then uh, she then decides to now the harvesters are working so let's destroy the whole reactor which actually does this job and then she teams up with this motley crew of all the characters they have introduced so far yeah. to do this uh and she has to science the shit out of it yeah. <laughs> to make that happen <laughs> unlike ocean's 11 this is artemis 7 <laughs> like yeah. artemis 6 and half or something <laughs> yeah so coming back to the whole convenient uh, plot points right so all these characters who have been introduced so far they have been introduced only with a specific purpose which is yeah. in the end game yeah. you will be useful in some way yeah like you will <laughs> yeah. uh, turn the knob on this guy will yeah. actually close the door and some of them don't even like her Yeah. like bob lewis for example yeah. has no connection to her doesn't yeah, like but her. but the greater good right yeah, yeah, the greater good i mean everyone's willing to sacrifice their entire careers get yeah. deported to earth just for this greater good yeah and also not to mention that they're willing to get gravity sickness which is mentioned yeah. so many times and no one is getting paid in this heist yeah. that is the most weird part they all love the moon so much yeah except for jazz no one is getting paid so yeah why did they even have to take down this evil corporation in the yeah. first place like you know it's not like it was directly harming these people by the way but you said that uh, that uh, jasmine's father is this good guy hmm. but he accepts this money yeah but he grudgingly accepts so why right? does he accept he if he knows this about, is like uh, blood money so to yeah, say which he says right he says that okay even though i know the source is tainted i'll accept this from you why i don't know as he wants to build his business again as a reparation because yeah. we missed a plot point where jazz while she was a teenager she burns down her father's vendor shop yeah workshop and yeah. Uh, he had invested a lot of money to expand but then business. she was a teenager throughout the novel right yeah she pretty <laughs> so much which, was which which point do you actually mention? you can't tell how old she really was <laughs> yeah. yeah except they mention it like six unless times unless they mention it yeah, yeah. yeah. and <laughs> apparently she slept with all the 2000 yeah. people <laughs> on the moon plus probably. the fictional tyler who is so amazing that we never see him yes. who was the love of her life oh yeah so these subplots were so bad yeah. so there is this love of her life tyler who turns out to be gay and then he uh starts dating this another another friend of uh, hers rudy dale dale sorry no. oh sorry yeah right no yeah. actually it's the other way around dale sleeps with tyler while these guys are still in a relationship mm. yeah and that's how tyler discovers he's gay and then <laughs> Bashara is left alone. He discovers after he slept with another guy. Yeah. Oh, I just realized I'm gay. And yeah, let's not forget the pedophile who she was dating earlier. Oh yeah. 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 What, what And by the way, Sean. like Sean. talking yeah. about these uh, teenage subplots, uh, the best friend of Jazz is some guy called Swolda. 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 So he Suboda. he was like a science geek and he has invented a reusable condom. Yeah. <laughs> this is all which he wants her to test. Yeah. <laughs> Because your sexual life is far more active Let's than mine. Let's not worry about. <laughs> yeah. And I remember her asking, "Have you tried this on?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I think Andy Weir should have stuck to a guy, and at least he would have done a little bit of justice of what yeah. men think, and not how he's supposed to and believe how women think. Funniest part is how Soboda asks her every day, "Have you tried it? Have yeah. you tried it? <laughs> have you tried it?" <laughs> Yeah so that's that's a very valid point I even though it's a female protagonist uh, yeah. sounded like a 14 year old boy throughout yeah, in in uh, all the jokes as well I mean the jokes were really funny in the martian right? yeah. but here the one liners most of them felt either too disgusting But see in the martian he only had to focus on one character right like hmm. Mark Watney was the only one no, but, he was the but, one making but, jokes uh, in this also she is the only smart ass But like she wants yeah. to crack all the jokes mm. she is the one who's using these filthy lines right. that i sucked on a nipple and then brackets don't get excited it was a nipple of a water bottle mm. <laughs> like really like are these the kind of funny yeah. smart apps quick 
quips that you want to tell your audience yeah i mean maybe uh, young adults would uh, find yeah this, this was definitely a ya book you know yeah. in my opinion because the plot was very weak to hold up to yeah so if you're like 17 16 or something yeah. in in school or college and then you're reading this maybe you yeah, find maybe the science book. teacher can recommend yeah. right yeah. learn about the moon and recommend science reading yeah. yeah and obviously like you'll read this because there are other bits as well yeah. so but yeah. in the meantime hopefully you'll absorb some yeah. knowledge you'll from this and how things work on the moon uh, boiling point works yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then from maybe try to explain to them like you know why why these concepts exist yeah. and all that but there was surprisingly no mention of uh, lunar dust and the problems it's no, been causing actually there was right okay. so they talk about these scrubbers like even in the beginning when she's entering the airlock after her suit has torn or something yeah. they, she talks about the cleanse hmm. which everyone has to go through otherwise when you breathe in the dust will go in and like, yeah and this dust is un- unlike uh, pollution yeah. these are so small yeah, micro yeah. sized yeah so the back story behind that is all the uh, people who have gone and stepped on the moon they realize that their space suits uh, no matter how thick the heel yeah, is yeah. it starts wearing out really fast hmm. because the uh, moon moon dust is basically yeah, yeah. like you know because highly... they explain why right yeah. so there's no weather on the moon there's yeah. no flow water so nothing to shape these dust particles into like smooth surfaces yeah. mm. so they're all jagged and sharp yeah so that's why they have cleansers everywhere so that mm. none of the dust comes in and kills them all yeah. so i remember when she's doing that weld on the uh, dome the sanchez dome right some of it goes into her eye when they hit the rock layer mm. on the dome mm. and dale tells a kid do not rub your eyes mm. right like yeah. i'll just spray water mm. don't rub your eyes mm. So yeah. yeah so, so yeah, yeah some I parts are very boiling point and way. pressure cooker yeah. <laughs> one the science has been pretty good. Yeah. 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 So I think we're like clinging on to only one good yeah. point. <laughs> But you know it's surprising I was reading the, other reviews mm. and pretty much everyone seems to like the book. Mm. There are very few voices which Actually are, I, I like I would feel that because it's an easy read hmm. I yeah. I read the whole book in one day right uh, it's an easy read it's fast paced fast paced yeah. yes. it's sort of entertaining I'd give it if I did not want my characters to be fleshed out or well detailed yeah. but I hold that grudge against the book right so the plot was weak because the characters were weak so. yeah so I will throw out a wild conspiracy theory here again uh, which is I think he had the world ready Yeah, and mm. he just wanted to cash in on his success mm. of The Martian. Yeah. When did The Martian release? Last year, 2016. 2014. The movie released last last year. Yeah, the book the came book, out in 2014. Actually, the, the 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 story behind The Martian's book is that he actually used to publish one chapter at a time mm. as an e-book, mm. like way back, maybe five six years ago. Okay. And like there were a lot of fans who would love to see the next chapter. What happens? They would actually give him feedback on mm. the chapter itself. That this plot is not working, or this science is wrong. Right. And then he would correct it before the next chapter came out. and that's how he got the first martian published as a complete ebook hmm. over months because he was really the chapter yeah. 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 yeah and then someone random house or someone brought bought the rights and then it became such a big hit hmm. because so i yeah, think it was, was 2014 when it. the original martian ebook was released yeah and movie released in 2016 right yeah. so now so it's 2017 and done by ridley scott and actually yeah. a good film yeah, yeah. even the movie very was good, good film yeah. yeah so my understanding is probably like he was under some publisher pressure or like he himself realized that if i don't push out a book really you soon people will forget yeah. about me yeah. so it's a little yeah i think it must be publisher pressure yeah. that they cash in on the success of the martian like release another book yeah. in space let's sell the Because rights the to a hollywood studio to make money from the hollywood studios yeah. right mm. so to sell the rights yeah so that 
that is probably one of the reasons why he rushed into this because he did do the base uh, yeah. correct yeah. but only thing so, is yeah. yeah so actually if you just individually separate it out it's fine like yeah. it's a it's a good like the science is good it's a high story so anyone yeah. who enjoys yeah. like pulling off a caper and yeah. like a bunch and of seven eight people coming together to do this everyone right yeah. it's for everyone it's not shoehorned into being science fiction Hmm. Yeah. Right. So you could read it without having any love for science fiction in yeah. general. So yeah. that's why it's fine. I yeah. mean, it's a fine book. I don't think anyone will remember him by this book. In yeah. yeah. Even two three years time, everyone will still continue talking about the Martian. Martian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only way this can become a thing is if there are many more books, hmm. and hopefully he'll spend more time on I the guess, next yeah. story. Yeah. And because there is the characters have been developed hmm. a little bit now, more can be added and fleshed out. So then like. you know once you get invested into the characters then it has a longer shelf right. life so that's that's probably what's going to happen yeah. yeah so the movie is probably going to be like better remembered than the book probably uh, because of its cgi you know so yeah, yeah. and they, and hopefully <laughs> the hollywood spend some time on the screenplay and remove all the yeah. dialogues especially that ending oh my oh god oh my god yeah so let's <laughs> let's discuss the ending then yeah so uh, basically once again like everything just happens way too conveniently our protagonist tries to kill everybody accidentally yeah. and then saves them yeah. and then once she's done that everybody says oh thank you you saved us <laughs> yeah so what happens is that as to blow up the reactor something goes wrong and because the whole artemis is actually like uh, self generated oxygen in the air I think chlorine gets mixed in the oxygen. Chloroform. Chloroform gets mixed, gets mixed in the yeah. oxygen, and so all two thousand people made because they tried to blow up the smelter, and then that somehow manages to make a compound the, called yeah. chloroform. And all two thousand people on the on Everyone the Artemis passes out, passes out yeah. and they have like ten minutes before if they are not oxygen is not pumped one, back, they I will all die. I think one hour is what they say. Yeah, like they have a hard. deadline of 1 hour in which they so, have to restore the air so obviously in 1 hour yeah. they actually end up saving everyone but what happens is the reprimand for that is that she is let go yeah so it turns out that because she's the best smuggler on moon <laughs> so the the person running the the whole artemis uh, setup says to you that uh, says to her that you continue being the smuggler you watch out that no other smugglers come in yeah. and i'll in in exchange of that i'll let you go yeah. you won't be punished which was really easy i mean Yeah and then actually when she then like gets back into society i think she like passes out and she's in a hospital for many days when she comes back and she goes to the bar yeah. everyone jokes how they <laughs> fainted and how good she is that she helped yeah. her oh, get them come the back Oh by the way don't remember the administrator took her remaining money as well right yeah which she never 550000 so. <laughs> slugs that she had left after paying her father yeah so. that was also part of the punishment yeah because she said that if you're rich you might retire so we have to keep you poor <laughs> oh, you won't smuggle yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're rich you won't smuggle so let's right. take this money away so you can yeah. continue smuggling i think that kind of makes sense right you take money away from a smuggler <laughs> so yeah you make them more desperate yeah so i was not uh, pleased with that the ending was a full a little cop you know, out yeah yeah out. it was too abrupt i think like it could have used another 50 pages maybe to flesh out what happened exactly how the economy actually evolved with zafo yeah which was the revolutionary fiber optic cable that everyone yeah, was there's another for. science line about yeah. zafo but that's for yeah if the part 2 comes out yeah. <laughs> yeah what will they call the next part i don't know jazz and <laughs> okay So maybe Artemis eight this time, just like Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So instead of Jazz Bashara, next time maybe they'll have I don't know Rock Bashara or something. Yeah. The son of Jazz, jazz in oh the God, future. Oh Please God. no. <laughs> it, it, definitely the condom failed. Then. <laughs> <laughs> the reusable condom didn't work. <laughs> the spawn of Swoboda and Jazz. Oh my God. <laughs> 
no. Yeah, that would be one hell of an awkward character. But you know what? Actually, might be more likable than Jazz was in this one. So instead of Arte Miss, it should be Arte. Give it a miss. <laughs> yeah. Please don't give ideas. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? Do you think they'll make like a TV show out of uh, something like this eventually? No, no. I don't think TV so. shows need so much more material yeah. than any film would. I think mm. it, one and a half hour film is the best this. they can get out yeah, of this. They book. don't have enough content. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Uh, makes sense. A movie might, you know, find it lacking. Forget a TV show. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish ninety minutes is enough. Yeah. yeah, I just wish he'd taken more time to write the story. Really. Yeah, yeah. I think I, he actually some of it seems like it's been made written to be made into a film. Yeah. You know, like this twenty-six year old girl, mm. Muslim girl, like Han Solo kind of uh, <laughs> funny, smart ass, but. like good hearted i wouldn't say that but <laughs> okay blasphemy to even <laughs> compare her to han solo okay yeah. i take it back mm. who bought the rights fox fox yeah okay that's going to be interesting to yeah. see how fox handles like uh, you know uh, a character from another religion like which is not the majority religion in america yeah so they yeah, fox is pretty global yeah it's an australian company anyways the character will become white by the time the movie yeah, comes out exactly so. yeah <laughs> and that too like the character sounds and like behaves so much like a yeah. like american I, white person i think right? you will have to give more credit to the hollywood they at least versus the way this book is written i think they will do justice if if it comes to that they could if if martian could be given to ridley scott in production yeah. i think they could do a good job of they could cast rosario dawson again so <laughs> she did do the audio books <laughs> as jasmine <laughs> yeah So yeah, you speaking of which, just because um, you're dark skin. <laughs> hey, she says that. <laughs> so speaking of that, uh, Rosario Dawson's uh, narration was really good. Like, in fact, if you are getting, uh, if you are reading this book, I this mean, this is your first audio book, right? Uh, second. Okay. Second. Yeah. What did you hear first? I think uh, normally audio books are are good. So especially I, done by Audible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audible only. I heard that one. Uh, that Honor Harrington. Uh, series oh. David Weber. Okay, okay. So the first book in that, I forgot the name of that book. So it's I'll just look up the name. So in the meantime, in military uh, sci-fi. Yeah, it's a military science fiction book, and you know. But uh, yeah, it, it, the narration was very yeah. good. Yeah, narration was very good. It was like uh, caught the uh, pace of the uh, like whole story very mm. nicely. Uh, only thing is that since the book is so, I mean, we didn't like the book so much. It's, yeah. it's pretty clear by now. Yeah. I would say that you listen to the audio book simply because at least they've done the narration right, and so you can get through it. Yeah, yeah, it's a really so, entertaining so, experience. So, question of the book: What speed do you listen to uh, audio? books and podcasts so uh, podcast i have that uh, smart speed enabled on both overcast and pocketcast so right. one but 1x but with smart speed yeah 1.1x usually is is the speed for right. most of them for audio books uh, this one i listen to whenever i listen to at 1x it was really good mm. and sometimes i sped it up 2x you know and yeah, yeah not, 2 not like, 2x is too much yeah. even 1.63 is too much i think 1x is a very yeah. Yeah. i i felt at 1.5x it was pretty good narration mm. and by the way as the book kept going forward i kept increasing the pace to oh. get over with it so, <laughs> so i think the last two chapters were at 2x missing anything yeah. out at this yeah. speed you know <laughs> no but i would say that at 1x they've done it really well and including like the accents and all for other characters you I know i think that's what you miss there. when you speed up audiobooks you miss yeah. the tone and you miss yeah. the urgency in yeah. which they say actually it. if you think about it like the bigger audiobooks i don't know about many audiobooks but uh, harry potter Actually, has two audible narrations by Jim Dale and Stephen Fry. Oh. Mm. So that's an interesting tidbit mm. that if, like, if you prefer the British accent, you can right. hear audio books, uh, oh, Harry Potter audio books. Yeah, you mean by Stephen yeah. Fry two separate editions? Yeah. I thought it was like Jugal Bandi. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, actually, there are like big yeah, conflicting things. Yeah, there are some like, audio books with five or six no, people narrating. No, and by the way, there are also. other things like Jim Dale. So for Harry Potter. 
people who have read Harry Potter, there's Bellatrix Lestrange, right? Huh, or yeah, Lestrange. Yeah. So actually, Stephen Fry calls her Lestrange, and Jim Dale calls her Lestrange all through the book. Mm. Okay. And then actually, someone asked uh, J.K. Rowling on either Twitter or somewhere that what is the right pronunciation mm. because Lestrange is like a French name. Right. Uh, is it Lestrange because Jim Dale, who's an American mm. and with an American accent, narrated it. She, she corrected it that Stephen Fry got it right. It's uh. supposed to be Lestrange. Ah. Uh. Yeah, Stephen Fry is a good narrator. So this happens quite a bit, you know. So that, just to follow up, uh, the book I had earlier listened to was on Basilisk Station. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, first right. book in the Honor Harrington okay. series uh, right. by David Weber. So in that, uh, like if you go to the audible description of the book, you will see that the narrator has uh, mentioned that uh, the author actually, David Weber wrote a note there saying that uh, in this book, uh, the pronunciation of a certain character's name is wrong throughout. But that is my mistake. <laughs> right. The narrator actually double-checked and triple-checked with me. But somehow in those emails, I said this is correct. But no, the other pronunciation really? is correct. the author changed his mind on what should be the right pronunciation? <laughs> no, he just did not pay enough attention. Oh. So it was an so author mistake. So ignore that question from the narrator. Then. Yeah, and he replied in the email saying this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like he's put out an apology there. Sorry, but this is the correct pronunciation. But even then, I would say that uh, like I didn't like that audiobook so much. First of all, the book was not that great. Mm. And secondly, I felt that Rosario Dawson is a much better narrator than mm. uh, whoever did that. Well, if you enjoyed it, you should like Ready Player One also with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton was amazing. It's yeah. actually quite nicely done. Yeah, yeah, I remember we mentioned it on a podcast that mm. Will Wheaton does excellent job. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll check that out. Now, like I think I'm slowly getting into audiobooks audiobook. because of this. Yeah. Uh, Audible is also hopefully coming to India soon, right? Yeah. So mm. yeah. I will be listening to more of those for sure. Right. You know, while working anyway is boring like you know background chatter who wants to listen yeah, to that yeah audiobooks are uh, <laughs> time traveling devices right? yeah. that's what it's called yeah. you start listening to it on your commute you get to office sometimes you don't want to get yeah. off because you're sitting in your car yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that plot is resolved yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so far the only reason I haven't really like invested in them, I got the free trial for Audible right. and cancelled it later, mm-hmm. uh, was because the price is too expensive. Like yeah. for uh, yeah, ten dollars for a silver uh, subscription, right? Uh, so, fourteen ninety five a month, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, I it's fifteen dollars a month for two audiobooks a month. No, so that's two credits. One credit I thought was ten dollars. Fifteen. I, I, I think have it's a recurring subscription there as well. I'll have to check. Yeah, My brother pays for it, but <laughs> I have to check how much he pays for it. <laughs> yeah, so credits I, I, to Kavaljit's brother. <laughs> yeah, I can just quickly check, but I remember it being like fifteen dollars for one book a month, right. which is, I mean, for yeah, nine hundred rupees is too much. So I think when they launch in India, a good mm. pricing, close to two hundred rupees, two fifty yeah. at best. Yeah, should like, be a good price. Two thousand bucks a year should be a yeah. fair price for like yeah. uh, one or two books a month. Only thing is, I mean, we earn in Indian rupees, right? Yeah. So we can't be paying. Yeah, and US also prices. if you look at f- uh, physical books like paper, dead tree books, <laughs> hmm. that's uh, almost fifty percent in India for the same book yeah. sold yeah. in Amazon US versus Amazon India. So they already are giving a fifty percent discount right. in India for physical books where there's actual material. Yeah, I think they can easily make audio books much cheaper. Yeah, and let's not even forget Amazon Prime, which is like in the US is hundred dollars, right, per yeah. year. So it's that's actually sixty seventy dollars. Ninety nine. It's ninety nine. Yeah, so that's like. Uh, current conversion now rates they've added monthly subscriptions it used to be only one only package, yeah yearly and it's 10 dollars a month or 99 so six and a half thousand in the u.s and in india it's 500 bucks. yeah no now it's thousand, thousand rupees yeah, yeah. per year so hopefully you know audible will be cheaper yeah. and for some of the books i can understand like uh, there's this new book which came out Oathbringer by brandon sanderson mm-hmm. i think that's uh at uh, 35 dollars or oh. even higher wow but it's if a, you just get that one book yeah but if it's a uh, what 1300 page book yeah so if oh, the narration plus, yeah. that's a mammoth job listening yes. to it on audiobook wow i mean just creating that thing is a mammoth that job must right be like, like a 50 hour audiobook at least yeah <laughs> 
so yeah coming back to artemis uh, i would totally recommend it as an audiobook um, i i mean for the audiobook uh, you're not finishing the sentence there right uh, i'm totally recommending it as an audiobook <laughs> if you want to read it yeah. go for the audiobook now we can give our ratings <laughs> yeah so one. my rating for the audiobook version would be a very nice 6 and a half on 10 okay um and yeah if you were to go by my boss kunal's thing you can't have a 0.5 on a 10 scale so <laughs> yeah i I'd, i'd lean towards 7 more than a 6 okay. purely because of the really good narration even what if about i didn't like the book that much i would give it a 5 Okay. And a and a miss. Like you can easily skip it. Maybe read the Martian again. Okay. Yeah. And Buy you, it on sale, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so Kavalji, no, I there are so many other good books. <laughs> <laughs> you read half of it, and then half of it you listened to it or something like that, right? Or did you? Yeah. Read? Actually, there were times when I couldn't. Like I, if I, if I didn't have, I didn't have commute because I did it on the weekend. I was re- reading it on the Kindle as well. Hmm. So, so yeah, Akil, you read the book. But yeah, I, I, but I wouldn't rate a book higher just because of the audio book. Right. Mm. I mean, the book in itself is a five out of ten. Mm. For performances, you can add a separate rating. In which case, Rosio uh, Rosario Dawson should be at least an eight out of ten. Mm. Yeah, so I would say that the audio book uh, experience is a nine on ten, mm. even if the book is a five on ten mm. at best. I would give it a six out of ten. Okay. Like, okay, it's not bad. Like, it's not a waste of your time, but. Yeah, if you don't have to read it, don't read it. Yeah. So, so yeah. to our listeners, we we are already thinking of what book next to review. <laughs> if you have suggestions, please <laughs> yeah. send us. Yeah. We have six seven books in mind, but if yeah. if you have anything, uh, let us know. Yeah, sure. So you can write to us at yeah. podcast at gadgets three sixty dot com, and uh, I think that's about it for this episode of Transition. And we will see you with another episode next week where we'll talk about more games and hopefully some pop culture. And uh, the music for this episode comes via Magnus Solai Paulson, whose album PPP PPP is where the tracks are from. And if you've been listening to the show, we'd really appreciate your ratings on iTunes. So do rate us a lot. Um, thank you so much. Share on Twitter. Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and YouTube at Gadgets Three Sixty. Do share our podcast. Just talk about it. Write to us. We will. We we take feedback very seriously, and we respond to as much as we can. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us.